After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to Mind Rolling, another edition with uh, Raghu Marcus and David Silver and... Oh, you were going to do the end, so do it. How do I know? It's not like we rehearsed this. <laughs> no, no. And Duncan Trussell, who's Hello. right there with us, right here with us, and we're really kind Hi, of Duncan. pleased Hi. about this. In person. <laughs> yeah, in person, live. First and, time ever. Yeah. We've done it over the internet lines and telephone lines, and this is our first in person, so we're happy to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, so Glad welcome, Duncan. And uh, we have planned this one really carefully, like not at all. <laughs> so You shouldn't. Uh, I don't plan. I mean, I was so impressed when I was watching you do the last interview because you have a list of questions <laughs> that's so organized. <laughs> I didn't really. Yeah, right, but it's a bit of a sham, actually. Because, you know, one question, and it leads you through the... Exactly. You just need a. You just fall. I just go go into the thing, and then eventually it turns into something. I only do questions when I'm really, really nervous, uh, which is only <laughs> that only. just shows how wonderfully <laughs> practiced and entertaining we are. No. <laughs> I mean, we. I no. Listen, the truth is, up to about two days ago. Now, you know, we get together, Dave and I get together because we live apart, so we get together, and then we do a bunch, and then we're cool, you know, for yes. a couple of months. And we also now starting to do it because we can do it with Skype, you know, with us. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all good that way. But we had a topic, at the very least, if not some insert, quote, something, plan for each one of these episodes. So the other day he says... I said, we don't have anything, so we're just going to go on. He said, no, no, I've got something. I said, what is it? He says, from the 60s to 60, we're 60. No, I no, said, if you're going to quote, do it, do it correct. From the 60s to being 60, I've forgotten, but to being 60. In other words, worse. At least the other has some poetic <laughs> anyway, ring to it. it, was, it was, to, look, it was a bullshit thing that we're trying to, trying to say. That, you know, here I we said are. immediately, absolutely not. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> and then we talked about being old in the, in the 60s. Oh, no, you know what we talked about really, I think, a bit, was that in the actual 60s, we were so, I never really could even imagine being anything over 30. Mm. And Abby Hoffman said... You and know, you're dead over 30. He said it's over up. after 30. You might as well give up. How old was he when he said that? Abby was uh, about... 29 and a half. He was 29, like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was, he, but, you know, 
Look, but that was the ethos. Well, right, but but sure. you you guys know about. I'm sure you've seen the the stuff coming out about the age extending new pharmaceutical that's coming out. That's a a, a, a synthetic version of resveratrol, which is the chemical in red wine. But they're saying uh, at this point in human history, based on the trends in medicine. Uh, they they think that it's gonna be it's gonna become normal to live to be 150. How? Well, because they're I'm not how that way. How are you gonna be during those years? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it, you know, the you the theory behind it, age extension, is really interesting because the idea is that as you as the as humans begin to ex- extend their lifespan, simultaneously other discoveries are going to happen to coincide with a lifespan extension that perhaps can cause you to, uh, re- you know, reverse the aging process to some degree. Uh, you're, you're seeing these people on human growth hormone. I mean, I have, I know people who are on human growth hormone and they look like they're in their forties or thirties. They're ripped. They've got muscles. <laughs> they have this like crazy sex drive, but they still kind of have like that old man withered face thing <laughs> happening. <laughs> On top of like like someone unscrewed a head <laughs> oh. off of one doll and put it on another doll. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's a, oh. it's a step in the right direction, you know. But the quality of life, even even with some of these, you know, old guys that are not that old, right? Yes. They're just you know in their sixties and seventies. They're baby boomers, really gone, completely paranoid of the next step. Well, that's a you know it's a. That's a, I think that that is a debatable point, which is that there's this idea, which is people are stigmatized uh, when they try to fight against the aging process. There's something about that which is, uh, seems unnatural. I'm not or sure unhealthy. about stigmatized. Being I know, I word. think so. With plastic surgery, I've never do that. How could no, you do that? What, you know, tanning. People. Oh, stigmatize that. Way. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, where you're like, oh, look at you. You should just let your yeah. body fall apart and wither and become a withered, fallen apart thing. There's something about this because we're so used to, uh, hmm. we're so used to the, to the way people have aged for the longest time ever. There's, in any kind of new technology, there's always this immediate resistance to it from, uh, you know, I remember when the iPad came out. People are like, God, those things are going to look so dumb, or those things are ridiculous. And now Google Glasses are yeah, coming right. out, you know. But, which- but the thing is, with so people, you know, that are aging, that are doing these kinds of things, that's at the top level where they're injecting, you know, HGH and stuff like yes. that, right? I mean, that's really out. That's the you couldn't get further out than doing that. But then there's people who are taking their vitamins. And their supplements and eating cornflakes like Dave like <laughs> just me. bought some cornflakes for us the other they day. They were made of, you know, some incredible <laughs> substance. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, no, you, I'm kind of divided about the whole thing. I'd like to, you know, be vital. You don't, but on the other hand, you have to say, okay, you got this incarnation, then you go, no matter what, if it's 150 years, it's 70 years, it's 12 years. It's your number. I have the, the bullet that's got your name written on it type of deal in my head. So you try your vitamins, yeah, but I mean, Plastic surgery to the extent of it being entirely cosmetic, shall we say? Yes. Is that is there something like from the devil there? That's I think the devil is whatever you put on the thing. Do I okay. personally when I see someone who's had plastic surgery, I do there is an instantaneous judgment that pops out of me. I can't help it. It just emerges. Uh but but I, I think that that's more of a result of plastic surgery not being very advanced at this point, and people haven't perfected it. If 
But do you, do you know how much pro- thought process it takes from the point at which you say, I'm going to get some plastic surgery, and then going through it and coming out the other end and then living with whatever that is because you're always getting reactions, so yes. you're reacting to stuff all the time. Who wants to spend their time, precious time, Doing anything like that is, <laughs> is what I say. Well, I mean, having your mind wrapped around this yeah, kind of Duncan, bullshit. Sure. Roger Duncan said, yeah, it's, not, it's at a primitive stage of its, of its actual technology. But no, it doesn't matter what the technology. Years. You'll be thinking about it. If the highest okay. technology was there to make you look like a, you know, a, a young 25-year-old man or woman, it's going to take enormous amount of uh, being with this thing thinking about this thing do i want to think about this thing right it's right. a bodily identification yeah and, right. and and it's the uh you're saying that the delusion or i'm not not to put words in in your mouth but it seems like what you're saying is the delusion is that by improving the way that your body looks through plastic surgery it's going to transform the internal state in some way Right. You're doing it backwards. You're trying to go from the outside in ins- instead of the inside out because the it is undeniable that when you run into someone who's very advanced and who's been living in a healthy way but also has been meditating or doing some kind of practice, it doesn't matter that they're still, you don't see their wrinkles. You just notice that glowing bright right. thing right. emanating out of them and you could care less about what they look yeah, like. Yeah, look right. at, right. you know, Ram Dass is a great example because it's... There you go. You know, of, of exactly that. And he looks pretty damn healthy for somebody who's, you know, gone through what he's gone through. But it's, 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 it's really about... I think it's important for everybody... You know, I was told by a Tibetan Lama a long time ago that how important getting a body was you don't get a body very often. And the body is the only way you can become free. You cannot become free of anger, greed, hate, jealousy, blah, 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 right? You cannot become free except with a human body. So uh, having taking care of that for as long as you can is certainly part of a very dharmic thing. But spending a lot of time um, thinking about improving the way that you look to others, or your or or that will change your self-image. Yes. that's just focusing you on on again who you are not, not who you are. So when you want, who wants to focus that kind of time on who you are not? Is it reminds me. what you're saying reminds me of the, um, uh, you know, I, I can remember hearing this when I was much much younger, and I think my mom took me to some meditation meeting some Buddhist Tibetan meditation, I think. I don't remember the type, but in the midst of this thing, which at the time, because I was a dumb teenager, I was bored out of my mind. And and somewhere in there, the guy says, well, you know, there is, when if you meditate and discipline yourself, <laughs> you can gain cities, S-I-D-D-H-I-S, powers. And right away, I perked up like, what? <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. I can, right. be, you know, bend spoons or something. And then after he says that, he's like, but... This is a diversion. It's a waste of time to get these things, and it's better to to progress past that. Mm. And in my mind, I thought, oh, fuck you, man. That's not a waste of time if I could levitate or walk through a wall. 
<laughs> like that's what I'm into. So in the same way, if somebody for whatever reason has identified with their body and decides, man, I want to like fix my chin or my nose, my whole life I've felt this weird thing about my nose and they have the money and they want to do it, I say do it because the result of getting your nose fixed, I bet, if you have any kind of self, any kind of mindfulness, is right after your nose gets fixed or three months later, you'll realize, ah, oh, I'm still an asshole. I still <laughs> am exactly the same way. And the mm. nose thing didn't work. So maybe that's a... That's absolutely true and possible. And as long as it doesn't go from the nose to the lips to, to the, the, the to, you know, as Teeth. long as it... That's more normally what happens when when people have that kind of self-image issues. It spreads, doesn't it? Spreads like some kind of cosmetological poison ivy all over their body. Um, What have you been doing uh, before you came here uh, in in Los Angeles? Well, I was getting radiation therapy for three weeks straight. Of course, we we know that you went through that. Yes. But you're out the other side. Out the other side. We're in observation And if you want to know more about this, the reason why we're not really getting into what uh, Duncan went through is just go to Duncan Trussell family hour duncantrussell.com duncantrussell.com and i talk about it there i got a little uh, mild case of testicular cancer i had to get one of my balls snipped off and then they fried me in a radiation machine for three weeks straight god oh it's no fun but i'm better now i mean it's worth it way better yeah Yeah, i'm way way better great and you know thanks i mean (laughs) i'm fat i thought i was gonna lose weight the one thing when i got (laughs) cancer was i like well at least i'll lose 15 pounds but nope so, have you been out there talking to people? <laughs> no wind. What's no, that? Have you been talking to people you out mean, there? You've been out, I mean, you know, in the public. Have doing been, stand-up? Yeah. Uh, you know, I have this tour coming up, and, and and while I was getting treatments, I would, yeah, I've been to San Francisco, and I went up to uh, Toronto and did stand-up there. So, I've been on the road a little bit since mm. I got the radiation. Did it all come back? Everything? Oh flowing, yeah, flowing the juices flowing better than better than ever. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about getting any kind of any reminder of your own mortality is it connects you to that yeah. initial thing that, that the the whatever that thing is truth. You know, and truth is a big part of stand up. Mm, that's interesting. Again, we've been you know I think you and I talked a little bit before we went on. But David and I have been talking in podcasts various. Uh, in the last few days about um, the edge of awakening, mm. which Ramdas talked about in a, in a talk uh, in a long time ago in Joshua Tree. You know Joshua Tree? Oh, yes. Joshua Tree is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So uh, he talked about being with people who are passing and that uh, when you are in that uh, moment, then you are on the edge of awakening because you're in this deepest, and you, that's why you said truth, in this deep truth place, which nothing can counter it. I mean, it is completely pure, and you're in this place. Because I had said to him that I, another demerit for me, I'm sorry, this well, story is maybe, okay. we're going on to three times. I'll write it down. Okay, good. I, uh, when I did a podcast after my father passed, I told the story of, uh, I had heard this Ramdas talk about the edge of awakening around dying people. And I, when I was with my father, I was with a friend and we had this really deep, went into a deep place with, with, with my father 
in the days before he left. And it was no time and space, and any thought that came, they were like little clouds that went by. And you, mm. you know, everything was slowed down big mm. time. And the only other time that I had been in that place was with Maharaji, same place. Oh wow! And I said to him, "So yeah, what is this? What is this?" And he said, it, "This edge of awareness is the truth. It is a place where everything, um, all all phenomena pass away." And uh, and we experience that fortunately with Maharaji, so the identification there, and it can come to any moment, you know. And that's why he told me, Ramdas said, you know, tell the truth and love everybody. That's it. So so that's the experience I had. And then I understood it. And so when you, yeah, I guess it's similar when you're up there with people and you're talking. Well, you know, yeah, it, your stuff. The more, it, yes, it definitely makes it easier um, once you realize that with stand up or, or or with anything. It's funny how there's a, for some reason, the, you know, you go back and you look at the 1800s, the way people dressed, corsets. I guess was that the 1800s corsets, yeah. Yeah. crazy outfits they had to wear, crazy uncomfortable outfits <laughs> yeah. that yeah. they had to wear all the time. They were so restricted, you know. And it's funny when you consider that that that's kind of a external manifestation of some tendency in most cultures to pretend instead of be yeah, for, right. instead of coming from that place of light of the truth. <laughs> and I don't know what what that is or why that's there, but. When you know when someone's dying, my mom's dying right now, and the, uh, all, you know those those layers start peeling away a, a little at a time, a little at a time, they start peeling back and falling, just dismantling. It's the ego begins to dismantle itself, and with every subsequent layer, it it gets sweeter and sweeter mm-hmm. and kinder, and then but then it's something else. You know, have you ever been around a baby being born? I absolutely have. Yeah, that blast of energy—I don't know what that is—but there's a. It's it really is like somebody opened up of like in the movies. It's the and, same truth place. It's the yeah. same place that you're on the edge of awakening because in that moment, it's absolutely pure. That's what it was sitting with this being. Hmm. Like whenever we sat with him, you were in that moment. Hmm. If it's the baby being born, the person dying, um, you know hearing a, a piece of music and suddenly you're transformed it, it's the same moment and that's uh that's why i love this concept edge of awakening i love it too it's it's yeah i love it i like that it there's an edge there too it's interesting that uh because you know when you have an edge then you can do that there's a a leap of faith aspect mm-hmm. of it where you have to mm. <clears throat> well either you get sucked into the singularity of truth or I guess you you have to jump into the damn thing, or there is a or let go into the thing or something. You definitely don't. Uh... You don't. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I should be fired <laughs> because well, I, we'll we'll talk about it now. Fired for can what? We, I don't know be, yet. Don't Duncan, know, what, what did he do can wrong? You, you you should take over this podcast. I should be fired because I keep <laughs> for your spring- Amazon plug. No, for the uh, bringing up again of the same damn stories. Oh, oh I'm because yeah. I. Oh, well, let me tell a story because I no, do I've plot. never told. So, oh, please. all right, and it's about it's totally to the subject, and it's real big name dropping. So you got great. You got but it's one hundred percent true. And I became very close to Allen Ginsberg in the last two years of his life, mm. and we did a record with him with uh, called 
Dance of the Skeletons with Paul McCartney and Philip Glass. And within a very short time, we became very close friends, given the fact that I'd only ever seen him read on a stage before. It was very thrilling to me, actually. And one time we were in Minneapolis Airport and um, waiting for a plane to go to San Francisco, having some lunch, and he asked me two questions. He said, are you gay? I said, no, Alan, I'm not, actually. He said, okay. What are you really afraid of? I said, death. Okay. He said, instead of trying to have a conversation about that right now, let's just eat and, you know, not. Mm. I said, okay. 24 hours before Alan passed, which was a matter of 18 months later, I got a phone call at my office on 50th Street from Alan Ginsberg. He said, David, I never answered your question. It's about death? Yeah. He said, I'm dying. I've got about a day to live. They say it's three days, but I think it's a day. I said, okay, Alan, that really is... Wow. You know, and he said, don't worry. I'm answering your question. It's so tranquil. I'm so calm. I've never really been this calm. Mm. He said, I'm ah. doing this to answer your question. And I started crying. You know, and he said, don't cry. That's why I'm not talking to you. I'm calling some people. Thought I'd call you. Answer your question. And he died 24 hours later. Mm. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. But it, but the effect, I mean, yeah, it's a very you know charismatic kind of story to tell, but the effect on me since that time has been profound, more profound than any other teacher ever anywhere. Because he was, you know, he said, he said other things. He said, can you hear the music? I said, what is it? He said, it's Ma Rainey. You know who she is? I said, yeah, great blues singer. Mm. He said, I'm listening to that, and then they're going to start doing some power Tibetan chants in about 20 minutes. Loved, loved knowing you. Goodbye. And, you know... Mm. It changed my life. It really did. It was a big epiphany because I knew Alan at that stage in his life was so, not only at his deathbed, but for the year before, I saw a lot of him. And um, he was such an honest person mm. and like incredibly straightforward. So when he did this for me, I knew it was a big gift from God, you know, like, wow, Jesus. Because I was afraid of death. And I still am a little, you know, it's not Everybody like, has. You think fear. everybody's everybody. afraid? Everybody mm. I mean, there are people that that um, are so in, in, embodied into the teaching, whatever it is that they have, that I am sure that that is not pulling them in a way that the fear is um, is is truly seen as just an outside phenomenon, nothing to do with who they are, that they truly are living there, and it just unravels to you know, and if you. Not if you, it's all pretty much, as you said, design. But I think if you practice, as our friend said the other day, practicing, practicing, you know, he's like playing the banjo. He's only going to get good if he, pra if he practices. Right. And yeah. so you're only, you know, going to get more used to the space between the thoughts, more used to living, you know, out of time and space and that's all that transition is and uh, the tibetan book of living and dying everybody you know your parents are going to die somebody's going to die that's just the way it is and this book is fantastic by sogyal rinpoche 
go to Amazon. Oh, go to mindrollingpodcast.com and to the Amazon link and get that book. Uh, we highly recommend it. Could you put that book up on the extras? Yeah. Can I make a, a note here completely yeah. uh, from a, a non-spiritual, beautiful standpoint? By the way, you guys are the coolest people I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your pals with Ram Dass, your pals with Ginsburg. Get out of here. You guys are amazing. But on a, <laughs> Not, that's crazy. You don't know how, for someone like really. me, you don't know how my, how that blows my mind. But the um, with your plug for Amazon, because yes. I listened to the last one, the thing you're forgetting to mention is go through that portal for anything. You don't need to get a what the book they recommend. No. If you don't, if you just need a toothbrush, if you're going to Amazon to get combs, pastries, <laughs> fencing equipment, go through the portal on mindrolling.com and these guys will get seven or eight percent. So it's a way for you to support I'm the laughing. podcast. I'm laughing because of this. No, I'm the, I, I said to people, if you want to buy a Ferrari, you could probably find a certain yes. kind of Ferrari on Amazon. And he said, oh, you're being ridiculous. You know, but I think, wow, we'd get like money from that. It's great because also the funny thing is, people buy everything. You time. get an anonymous list. It doesn't say who bought what, but you do oh. get a list of what your audience is buying, and that is hilarious. Are you kidding? See. We know one of strange things: hummingbird feeders. Not that that's weird, but somehow <laughs> in conjunction, hummingbird feeders, sex toys. You know, books on communism, tarot cards, wow, pistols. <laughs> You, it's a very strange thing to see the see what people decide to buy, but it, it's a great way to help this podcast from going through, and it's an easy thing to do. Well, uh, you've just made a commercial for us. We're going to clip this little right. thing you just said, and we'll just Please. slip it in there on a weekly basis. Oh God! No, Duncan, for Duncan's me. advice to us about a lot of things involving the podcast situation are very you know appreciated you know we tell everybody we've mentioned <laughs> yeah you we a talk bunch about you all the time you know, not just on the podcast like to friends so everybody's like who's this i want to meet this duncan guy. super cool yeah yeah, well, yeah i want to He's meet like you. the guru of podcast <laughs> now we tell lama suryadas are you doing a podcast i tell him and and he goes well yeah it's kind of you know i said well you need to talk to duncan <laughs> oh man <laughs> That would, I wouldn't be, I would stammer through the whole thing. But you know, what I love about it, seeing you guys doing this, it, it really is cool. It, you're right to tell people like that to do a, a, a podcast because the, uh, these things are uh, the, the, a, a new emergent form. It's brand new, uncensored, very low cost to produce outside of the time and some equipment. And it gets information like what you're talking about to a lot of people who haven't heard it at all. I mean, I got lucky because I ran into just, just I happened upon the right books and I was able to investigate from those books to another book when I was in high school. But man, if you I knew about podcasts since high school, no, but I knew about, uh, for instance, the Tibetan book of the dead, or right. I knew about Allen oh. Ginsberg or, you know what I mean? And I was able oh. to, to, I would, you know, in the old days you would go to a library and take yeah. a book down and you would, <laughs> you would read, yeah. you didn't have Kindle, you didn't have, but if I had access to listening to you guys talk about this stuff when I was in high school. So it wasn't like I could just like pick up these old books and then try to run it by, uh, you know, friends in high school or just like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? No one under, well, I remember dad, when I was in high school, I did a, I did a report on, 
the benefits, some of the benefits of LSD or the, the way ben LSD has helped our culture. What, what, uh, what years were that? This was the 10th grade, and I don't know what so, year it was. It was a very long time ago. Yeah. But I'd already started taking LSD at that time, and I, I can remember the, my report being met with booze. People in the room were like, no, no, it's a drug. <laughs> it's a drug. You know, wow. no, no acceptance of the notion that psychedelics have, have you know, been the wind in the sails of a, a huge cultural movement. Uh, mm -hmm. But so what I'm saying is if I had had something like this to listen to, not that you guys always talk about acid, but I think you guys don't tiptoe do. around the fact that you're... <laughs> he, he gets letters. You no, know, we, we'd got someone who'd said, I think rightfully so, that you know, don't be so cavalier about talking about drugs because it ruined a lot of people. But that's the whole ignorance of the matter, that the psychotropic things, the psychedelic things, that, you know, they weren't gateway drugs to heroin. It was just not like that. I know millions, lots of people who took the drugs but then became drugless because mm. they saw a larger consciousness and went to yeah. meditation. And to just, you know, so we, it would be a lie, really, not to talk about psychedelics as being the doorway totally. to a lot of stuff, totally. you know, that we wouldn't. I, I look, speaking for myself, if I hadn't taken acid, forget it. I would have been some kind of, you know, interested in some kind of British little, professor. Some kind of you would have completely been. no, yeah. but I, but no, seriously. Without acid, I was not. You know, I didn't know anything. I don't think it, it all came flying through, and uh, everybody says that. Yeah, even Ramdas says it emphatically. You know, so you've got to be careful. Not you know, listen, don't do heroin, okay? But no one's going to listen to anything you say like that. In any case, if they want to do it, they'll do it. It's, it's, That's right. I don't encourage any hard drugs. It's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. It's insanity, especially right? generally because the people who are so adamantly against those things will tell you this over a martini. I have a you know I have friends who who drink all the time and we have this argument about psychedelics. What you just said, like I wouldn't be here if not for psychedelics. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You would be here. You would have gotten there a different way, but you'd be there. You don't need a... They can't accept the idea that you that in the same way in every single practice, there's some external implement that helps, whether it's symbolic or whether it's a, a bench press machine. There's something that helps you get towards goals, whatever the thing is. And for in the West, right now, where we are as a culture, for whatever reason... LSD, mushrooms, psychedelics help you get a download of information that you can then use to process uh, other things. You should definitely don't keep doing them and do them responsibly. See, the download of information. Remember, we were talking about implants. You didn't like that word. We no, talking no, about Ram Dass didn't like that word. That was Ramesh. Ramesh yeah. didn't like that Our friend. Our friend. Um, it's we started talking about because ex we said the exact same thing all this stuff gets downloaded to you so you understand it exists so you have faith already mm -hmm. and then we were then able to and ramdas also says it in one of his things i i had i was into psychology so that got me into acid i was into acid that got me over to see maharaji i mean these things there is a building blocks that that these things you know it works that way here see here's the dogs <laughs> duncan i want to ask you something wait i, I oh, i'm I get, sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry no uh, so um i i just think that um you know in in the case with uh with acid 
in particular. Um, it is absolutely true that that um, the experience of interconnectedness that you have on a psychedelic, just that alone, prepares you for the moment where you, there's. We call it the implant. He called it um, having a new perspective. Suddenly, you have a new perspective. Your whole perspective changes. Yes. And I called it an implant. You get implanted that moment. For him, it was when Maharaji said, spleen, in English, he fell apart. Yeah. You know, when I first heard Ramdas, so I got it right away. I mean, he, tra you know, and you heard it. The same, you've had the same. So we... I like I lo love the uh, the imagery of download and yeah. then implant. I like yeah both. Yeah. I like them both. Yeah, that I and it is there is something to be said for. I mean that is how it works. They call it a another term that I like is a uh, um, disciplic succession. Have you ever heard that? No. So disciplic succession is uh, the idea that realization is it's almost like an energy ball that is only that gets passed from guru to disciple, teacher to student, and this energy goes all the way back to the Big Bang. And it's it's it, it, it gets transmitted. Where did you? I think that comes from the Hare Krishnas. They call really? it disciplic huh? succession. And they say that, you know, in, wow. the, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita, the verse is, uh, I taught this to Ma the sun god Manu or something. I taught this, or the, I can't remember. There's a, a, a in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna sort of goes through the disciplic succession where he taught this this this, mm. this teaching where I taught this to uh, I can't remember the various people, but it uh, somewhere along the line it got lost is what he says in the Bhagavad Gita. And now I'm teaching teaching it to you, and that I think that's when Arjuna said, "I don't get it." How it, how did you um, teach this to someone before when you were alive now? And that's that amazing verse. Never was there a time when mm, I did not exist, right. nor you, nor shall any of us in the future ever cease to be. Right. And that's in relation to this <clears throat> this idea of uh, the avatar coming mm -hmm. down. But anyway, the, so the download, the input, the implant, it's when you come in contact with that energy. And usually the way you come in contact with the energy is through someone who came in contact with someone who had mm. that energy maharaji clearly being the example in this case because just from hanging out with you and having skyped with ramdas and and hanging out with you you can feel this specific kind of i don't know what it is I, but i have felt it with all sorts of people that were like connected to ramana maharshi who who is a siddha as well connected with nityanand i mean ananda maima who is you know, the great uh, woman saint of the last century. Um, I have seen, the, in other words, it's certainly, um, it, it can be a brujo, you know, in South America that you go down to do ayahuasca with and sure. bang, there's that moment, yeah. that implant. And then you, you know, we talked about, well, you can't go back then. You can't go back, you know, you're not going to, he asked, right. he actually asked Ramdas. Well, when that happened to you, what happened to Richard Alpert? And he said, Richard Alpert was gone. Just After, gone. Departed. Gone. And, and that's what I was trying to say. He let go into, they told him, go stay here. Here's a yoga teacher, whatever, Vedanta teacher. Here's a, here's a disciple. Go live in their house to get, understand, the, you know, how to live Indian family. 
and he would go in and out, you know, Maharaji, and, and Ramdas would, he was supposed to go home in three days. He was there for six months. They put him through this whole routine. He, I mean, he just totally surrendered, which is a, we've had a lot of discussions yeah. about that word, but he just let go into it. And he said, it wasn't a matter of thinking about it. I didn't think about it. it just, I was like, I had no choice. You know, it, it was beyond any kind of rationals. So that's what, that's the moment. That's the, you know, you. Yes. Gosh, man, how lucky, man, to get that. That's so cool. That's cool. But I've seen, as I said, tons, thousands, of, not thousands, hundreds, though, of people who get this thing, this implant, this download and implant. First, they get the download so they understand. We understand. And then yeah. the implant. And they did not meet anybody in any, you know, they did not meet that body, that physical thing. Because that physical thing doesn't need that to transmit whatever it is. And it is part of that, the, you know, the truth. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've definitely heard that. You don't need it. You don't need that. I just think it. I had this cable guy come over about two years ago to <laughs> fix my cable. And um, he brought, he was called Juan, and he brought Juan, with him. Juan and he, the cable. And he was, he had a, uh, an apprentice assistant called Tommy. And they came in and they found the, you know, coaxial wire pretty quickly and everything. And then, Juan walked over to my bookcase and looking at my books and he said, do you mind me asking, um, you like Ramdas? Wow. You have a book here. You have three books here. I said, yeah, I do. I really do. Me too. You know, he was like a 48-year-old Mexican gentleman, you know. Wow. Cool. And... Tommy, Mimo, was very impatient. Why well, we gotta go, man? Come on, we gotta go, you know. And, and but one didn't want to go, so we ended up making tea and sitting around. And he kept looking at different books and picking them up my bookcase and say, "What's this?" Only you would have this happen. <laughs> That's to. so but cool. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, you know, it was. And so, what I, why am I telling? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed in a million years. How did he come? I, I asked him, and I honestly don't remember. It was some weird thing where a book was left somewhere that it wasn't for him, but he read it. It was that. Mm. It was that serendipitous you know so you're right people it ha if it's karmically like in the mathematics of your karma the exact fucking map of your past desire systems or whatever to see ramdas even though you might never my dad never read good books in his life and then in his last five years he started reading these amazing books when he never even told us why he just started to mm. do it and it blew us away my father was reading books about English soccer stars and English cricket stars. He had two sort of genres. Huh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> and then he became... But, you know, I, the, I was going to ask the question, was, okay, pre-any psychedelics, pre-reading Tibetan, but whatever little or big, you know, sort of path of books and stuff, when you, and go back young, what was the first, like, thing when you just knew even if you didn't know what it was you knew that you had to find it and this other reality was not enough hmm. i mean it's a big question but it's not really I mean, pre-psychedelics yeah actually it was i came i uh i my mom had a book called raja yoga by yogi ramacharaka uh, and Yogi Ramacharaka turned out to be a fraud. It was this English guy whose real name wasn't Ramacharaka. It was like James Frank. 
I looked it up on Wikipedia. It totally was not a Rama Charaka. But it but this kind of goes along with what you what we're talking about about, you know, where it comes from is is obviously less important. Like the the what the the bottle the medicine is in is irrelevant to the potency of the medicine. But the uh this was a book on Raja Yoga and it was a book on I'd never I, I, I barely even knew what yoga was. I thought it was bending or something, you know? And so then this book is is explaining this meditation of these different exercises you could do. One of them being, this is when I was in junior high school, hating my life. And mm. one of the exercises being, uh, start, stop. And I never thought of this in my life, but it's like, from as an exercise try referring to yourself instead of like thinking of yourself as you when you're walking around as though you're reading a book about you so like he is walking <laughs> up the steps or he is sitting down at a chair or he is looking to the right or he is looking to the left or he is you know flirting with this girl or, or whatever and i'd never thought of that before and so that when i started act practicing that and realizing that it was creating this whole new way of looking at things and there's a lot of other stuff in there, breathing exercises and mm. all kinds of stuff. But yeah, that was the beginning of my interest in in this uh, stuff. Uh, and it mm. came and went, you know, it wasn't like I stuck right. with but, it. But that was the first time you, it moved you, shifted you. And you yes. Know, oh God. It's weird because most of the time, if you have anything like that, it, it doesn't take immediate you might have a little more obsessive month or two but when you're younger you go back to you know oh i went back the opposite to sex and drink and whatever you do acid though uh, no we and went then, and we then went. you come back but you do if it's powerful enough if it implanted enough of the then there's the next stage always it just seems to be part of the deal it's part of the deal mm -hmm. it's you know the tibetan book of the dead or the my my first encounter with that um and and I hadn't read it, was my friend was walking out of the shopping mall in Hendersonville, North Carolina, the Blue Ridge Mall, where we used to hang out when we were in high school. And he was walking out of the shopping mall holding that he just bought the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And he showed it to me and I looked at it. And I'm like, why? Oh, this is weird, man. This is, I guess I'd heard of it. But I'm like, this is a book for, it's a book for dying people. And he left. The next day he was murdered. Oh, how wow. crazy is that? Wow. It was like some kind of karmic thing in there that something wow. was like cyclical because the very next day he got he got in a fight and it oh. shattered his skull. Oh. But it's curious, isn't it? How there's uh, that yeah. those you know it's yeah. you still get you get to come in contact with the information if you're I guess whatever if your karma's right or something you know. It's like the other verse in the Bhagavad Gita when. Um, Arjuna asked Krishna what happens if people stop practicing uh, or fall away from the path and Krishna says something along the lines of there is neither loss nor diminution in this path as though to imply every step forward that you make even though you you're mm -hmm. become mentally obscured from right. time to time that mm. move forward is a permanent mm. move mm. forward right and with you know with the new perspective through the implant that is eminently more easy to um the path is easier yeah it's because easier because you are completely integrated with with your karmic prog progression so you have uh you have a lot of force behind you because you have that little bit of faith that it is perfect 
Everything is perfect. That. It's, it's in, enlightenment is in each new moment. Mm. Mm. I love that idea so much. <laughs> How can you say something after that? I mean, that's, that, I, that's, that, idea, that's, I, that idea. I didn't think of that. I thought you were going to tell me. You didn't what? think of that. That was came from Pema Chodron the other day. Yeah, Pema Chodron okay. talks about these. Uh, do you know Pema Chodron? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's very clear-minded. She's very clear. Really lays it down. You know, she's funny, too. She yeah. is funny. Yeah, yeah she's oh, great. great. The, uh, that idea that you're talking about, though, see, I really love that idea. The, that idea is very frustrating to a lot of people, and it's very frustrating to me sometimes because lately since i've gotten ball cancer excuse me I'm, uh, <laughs> testicular cancer i got one of my balls chopped off by an oh, indian God. man in beverly hills yeah, but indian. Uh, <laughs> um uh american indian 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 oh yes and uh um and i did and as he was telling me this uh i had testicular cancer i remember thinking okay man this is i'm just gonna present this is this is krishna and you're like, this is the, this is your version of the Bhagavad Gita. But then, uh, since <laughs> you know what I mean, it's except instead of instead of instead of Krishna telling Arjuna, uh, don't worry about killing these people because I've already devoured them. Yeah. He was telling me, I'm going to chop off one of your balls. <laughs> Get ready next Tuesday. Talk about surrender. Yes. Yes, but then with my mom getting sick and everything, and mm. then the really perplexing thing that I've come upon, and and I. I'm skeptical all the time. I like to be skeptical. So the skeptical, I, I, I've stumbled upon makes this. Makes you feel human. Makes me feel human. Yeah. And I stumble upon this place again and again where it's like, man, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Mom's dying. I'm fine. There feels like there's just love or some kind of beautiful force underneath everything. I have getting one of my balls clipped off. I'm fine. I'm fine. And that's really weird because people, will, when they hear this news that's happening to you, they will be like, I yeah. am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you don't want to be like, I'm great. I'm, no. I'm really <laughs> great. Because then they'll think you're being in denial or that you've yeah. gone mad. Oh, no. Right. They want you to see a psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah. maybe. Yes. <laughs> and it's frustrating because you, because it doesn't feel, I, I, I'm not, when I say I'm great, it's not to say that I don't like go into like periods of grief or anger or unhappy I'm not, I'm not saying there's not all this like turbulence Absolutely. you know what i'm talking about yeah. of course you know i know yeah, i've no, had parents lost parents in the last little bit too so i i absolutely do know that and but what you said that's going on is is the love that you're that's underlying all of it yes and you're you know and that that's that is a new perspective that's the implant right right yeah, and 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 that is um, for me. I mean, that this other thing, the skeptical part of about all this is like, in the midst of all this happening, I went to. I mean, I remember I went out to eat uh, with a friend of mine right before I was coming down here. I was just start starting to process the fact that my mom was about to die. We go to this restaurant and sit down, and right in the booth next to me is a picture of Maharaji right there mm. in this Indian restaurant. And I, oh, it was so cool. And I remember looking at that and cause that's what I've been thinking about mostly is, is uh, that that's what my mind keeps, you know, going towards interestingly enough, because I never really, I'm very skeptical about that sort of thing, but it is curious how my mind keeps going there. And, and somehow I do understand this type of yoga where through a person you make you get the implant or the download or you make that you have this connective mm -hmm. connecting mechanism via this person 
right. into that, and that deeper person, level. That's just a way for us to get it easily because ultimately the person, that body Maharaji, we had fun and boy, we missed him and all that, you know, missed that body. But that it's not about that body. It's about what that thing is because was, there was no duality there. No duality, and that is, and he was our living example of unconditional love. Period, and that's why it's available. It is totally available, and uh, so yeah, you know, we're all just getting that. Okay, I have a, a talk about passing. Uh, we have an eighteen-year-old dog here, as you can see outside yeah. the door. That's very upset. Uh, uh, see. So we're going to have to take care. So, um, and you got to go anyhow. Yes, you I should put go. go but guess. we really love that you came by. And we it's so great to see you guys. Yeah. This yeah. is really, really cool. I yeah. mean, again, another coincidence. And it happens that mm. when I come here to deal with this heavy duty yeah, stuff. karmic stuff, both of you are here together yeah. to hang yeah. out with. Yeah, Come on. That, that was a movie no one would believe. No, in no, movie. We, lo we love this. We love you. And we love the I situation love that came up here. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you. So, folks, we will see you again shortly. Mindrollingpodcast.com. Please go over to the site. And uh, we love uh, your support. And we love to hear you continue to support us. And we'll see you soon. Bye, Dave. Bye, Raga. Bye, Duncan. Bye. Bye.